Everyone, welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Catherine Perry, and if you are new, welcome. And if you have tuned in before, welcome back. Thank you so much for choosing to listen again. So today we are going to be continuing the introduction to Aura Color series. I've already released episodes at this point on red, orange, yellow, and green and pink. And today we are going to be continuing with the color blue. And the color blue is such an interesting color. They're all interesting and special in their own ways. And I always get excited to record the next color. But before we do that, I always like to open the podcast by closing my eyes, taking a couple of deep breaths to set the space. And what I mean by that is just taking some time, just taking, you know, some quiet time, you know, whatever, however long that needs to be for you. I just take a couple of deep breaths and reflect upon what my intention is for the podcast episode and call in whatever I want to call in. And I invite you to do the same. So if you want to, now is the time to just close our eyes, take a couple of deep breaths, and then we will get started with our discussion on blue. Okay, perfect. So I am really, really excited to talk about the color blue today. As honestly, every single time I record a podcast episode, whether it's a part of this series or whether it's an aura healing episode of any variety, I never know how it's going to turn out or what's going to come through. So it's always a surprise to me. I kind of just have a starting point and then you know, move with the information that's coming through. And then we just kind of see where it goes from there. Today, we are going to be starting with the desert. So just a little bit of a preface, just in case you haven't listened to any of the other episodes on the aura colors. The way that I understand the aura colors is kind of like a little family. So every single color is kind of like a theme. And then there are seven archetypes that contribute their own flavor, their own dimension to that theme. So blue's theme is truth. It has a lot to do with balance and truth. And certain cards speak to certain aspects of that theme of balance and truth. And they all kind of play off of one another and come together to tell a story about, and in this case, it'll be about balance and truth. So Today, we are going to start with the desert. And I remember when this card appeared as blue, and I feel like I say this every single episode because there are some cards when I saw the color that they show up as, I was like, okay, that makes 100% sense. I completely understand that. And then there are others quite like the desert where I didn't understand it right away, but I also knew that I would because what's so interesting if you've ever had a card pulling practice so it doesn't have to be like this archetypes deck it could be if you've ever had a relationship with a deck in den- in general so any oracle deck any tarot deck 
the more that you use the deck, the more, and oh, blue is also a little bit of trust. It has like a sprinkle of trust in there as well. Um, trust in the truth, which we will get to in a little bit. The more you work with a deck, the more you just trust that the right information comes through at the right time. So whether or not I can kind of just see it and I know how it's going to unfold or it's a little bit of a mystery to me, that truth, that layer of truth is all and that layer of trust is always underneath where I just I know that the story will unfold on its own. And when I kind of just looked at the seven cards for blue today, I was like, okay, I kind of understand the story. I don't know 100 percent where it's going to go and the specifics of it, but I do understand the flow and it's going to be really fun to kind of unravel and reveal the mystery of that story with you. So let's start with the desert. So I don't know if you've ever been to a desert in general. And in this case, the third dimensional story of the archetype does reveal a lot about the color. So yeah, I don't know if you've ever been to a desert. Um, for me, the desert is a very special place. I love a couple of different types of terrain. I love the desert and I really, really love the jungle. Those are my two favorite places to just explore, to get lost in. Um, but yeah, I really, really love the desert and the jungle. But the desert, I know for some people is extremely, it, it can actually, for everybody, it can be extremely uncomfortable, okay? It's hot, there's sand everywhere. Um so I can completely appreciate how not everybody loves the desert as much as I do, but it is one of those, I mean, I guess what is uncomfortable to you does depend on perspective. You know, the desert is far more uncomfortable to me or more comfortable to me than like a, a snowy capped, a snow capped mountaintop. You know, I don't really, I don't really love the cold. You know, I, I really love heat. I love humidity. I also love dry heat, so that explains why I love the desert and the jungle so much. But just keep in mind that the general narrative of the desert, it's one of those more uncomfortable cards. So there are a couple of cards like that in the archetypes deck. We've already talked about the storm, which is in the green family. And then the destroyer is another uncomfortable card. That's in the magenta family, I believe. So there are so many, the dead end also, that's a part of the orange family. There are a couple of cards within this deck, several even, that do have this more uncomfortable narrative to them. And I feel as if, I'm pretty sure, every single family has one sort of more uncomfortable card that facilitates a certain amount of growth within that color family. So within this family, it is, the desert. So while I may love the desert, kind of focus on the classic narrative of the desert where it's, it might be disorienting. Um, we might be kind of lost or lacking in direction. If you've ever seen a movie where, um, or uh, what are those kinds of movies called? If you've ever seen one of those adventure movies where the main characters have to travel through a bunch of different types of terrain and the desert is one of them, the classic narrative of the desert there is it can be disorienting. Um, it's kind of like a like the crux of the movie where they might be trying to find like a direction, you know, which can also just translate to, you know, trying to find direction in your own life. You know what I mean? So the desert just carries this energy of, you know, 
trying to find clarity in a place that is very, very, very uncomfortable. So whether it's like you're literally lost and you kind of can't find your way in the desert or which, again, can also just translate to, you know, you kind of needing a compass in your own life. It does bring this energy of needing to find clarity. And the reason that I really love this color for the blue family is because blue a heavy theme of blue is truth. And blue has a lot to do with your personal truth and then the truth of other people and then the collective truth and then balancing all of them together. So of course we need to start our journey with the color within the color blue of navigating your personal truth first. And that's what the desert inspires us to do. And that can have its either comfortable moments or it's uncomfortable moments, depending on, you know, which dimensions of your personal truth you are more open or more closed off to, you know? So again, going back to our, you know, desert metaphor, you know, all of those in all those like movies where the characters are in the desert, again, they're like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Um, Maybe they've run out of water. That seems to also be like a thing that happens in those movies. You know, it's just it takes away the comfort of your daily life. And what it challenges you to do is embrace the discomfort until you can get out. You know, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where the characters have just straight up, you know, not made it through the desert or they just yeah, they just like didn't make it. You know, they always make it. And in those movies that I've seen, they've found a way to embrace the discomfort of the desert and then they somehow come out as better people. So that's kind of this energy. So it doesn't necessarily, again, it's whatever is, it's all relative. So it's whatever is uncomfortable to you. And tying that back into the theme of blue, some of the most beautiful dimensions of my personal truth that I have discovered have been in desert-like circumstances. You know, circumstances where I have been extremely, extremely uncomfortable. Um, I didn't want to be there. I, you know, the desert does call you to kind of sit with yourself, um, sit alone with yourself in that discomfort. And it's also, um, there's also another archetype. It's like the empty room or something like that, that also calls you to sit with yourself through discomfort. But that's just in another family. But they both kind of carry this very, very similar energy of you're stripped away of everything. That's That one's more about distraction. This one's more about like creature comforts. You know, in the desert, you don't have your warm bed or you don't have maybe all of the supplies and the food that you need, you know, that sort of thing. And while that experience can be extremely, extremely uncomfortable and unfamiliar and honestly not so desirable, that's a big part, you know, to the experience of the desert Nobody desires to go into the desert, not really know what's going on, not knowing when they're going to get out. You know, maybe they don't have enough food. Again, no food, no water, no direction. What do you do? Nobody wants to be put in those situations, but situations like that do come up and you always have a choice with how you interact with them. You know, this is one of those cards that calls you to be extremely present and kind of be aware of, you know, how you are reacting to certain situations and it challenges you to just go one step further. You know, I feel like there's, you know, you can be aware of how you react to them. You can also come to, you know, just be accepting of what's going on and then you can take it another level further 
which is embracing whatever is going on. And then, you know, you choose. It's a beautiful co-creation card in that respect, too. Not necessarily a part of the Orange family, which is all about creation and co-creation, but Orange and Blue actually do have some similarities in that respect, um, which, again, definitely will get to later. Um but the point, the point of the desert is also knowing, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you will, you know, someday, I guess, within that metaphor, you will have water, you will have food. And even though it's terrifying and you don't know exactly, you know, what's going on and it might be wildly uncomfortable, the desert, like every single archetype in this deck, has its gifts, too. You know, it has something to offer you, too. You know, so the desert... It's also kind of, it's a very, very mysterious landscape. Um, it's also where, now going a little bit less less in the story, less in the metaphor, it's where truths about yourself that you would not have known otherwise, that's where they reside. And it's up to you to kind of figure out if you want to dig deeper. And that's where that ties into the choice of whether you want to embrace its energy or not. So the desert is the land of unbridled creativity. The desert is the land of just extraordinary visions. You know, think about, I mean, if you can, and if you want to pause it just to give yourself some more time, because I can think of loads of times, you know, where I've been extremely uncomfortable. Think back to a time where you were extremely uncomfortable, where you weren't sure how it was going to turn out. You might have known in the back of your head that, you know, everything was going to turn out okay, and you might not have known that at the time. Either way is fine. Think about what came from that. And I don't mean it in like a super, you know, cheesy way because that bothers me. You know, it's not, the desert is definitely not the energy of like everything will be okay. I mean, I guess it will, but um, it's not that energy of like everything will be okay. Everything happens for a reason. No, it's more about, Again, moving through discomfort and kind of reevaluating how you even interact with discomfort in the first place. And, and you always have a choice with how to do that. You know, for some people, uh, the understanding like everything does happen for a reason. Um, everything is a part of like some higher powers plan that does work for them. And so speaking of truth in the you know what it also is, you know, I'm realizing as I'm talking about it more. The desert, those really, really uncomfortable circumstances are sort of an invitation as well to reevaluate what your truth is. Because for some people, those simple answers of everything will be okay, everything does happen for a reason, this is all like a part of like the universe's plan, that is a part of their truth. And so those downloads, those visions that I was talking about earlier, those do come through in the desert, you know? So if anything, those desert experiences, being present and being aware with how you deal with them, that does reveal a lot about your personal truth. So for example, those words of like, let's just say everything will be okay, or like the universe like plans for this to happen. For some people, that sounds like a load of BS. That's not something that would ever help them. And that would not help. That does not help them to embrace the medicine of the desert. For me, when I'm in really, really uncomfortable circumstances, messages actually that do connect to God, do connect to spirit in a very specific way that only I would be able to bring that medicine to myself, that does help me, you know? 
but I would never, you know, I would not necessarily, you know, tell those messages to anybody else, but because to echo the message of green and pink, I talked about green and pink in that family in the last episode, you know, we all, we're all in charge of our own medicine in that way. You know, we're all in charge of being our own healers. We are all in charge of giving ourselves the love that we need, you know, at any given moment in time. But what fits us, it's not one size fits all, you know. So collectively right now, we're on, in a very, very uncomfortable situation, you know, in the ways in which we, I mean, depending on the resources that we have, not to go too deep into it, but depending on the resources that we have, um, how we are able to, you know, connect and relate to it. It's going to be very, very different across the board. There is no one size fits all, you know, when it comes to a global pandemic. You know, it's very, very specific. So with respect to going back to the desert and, you know, your truth, it's kind of like, you know, rolling back, you know, to the more simple example of the movie. The desert just reveals a lot about you. You know, it reveals a lot about how you do engage with those difficult situations. And then, like I said, you know, the creativity, the visions, the truths, you know, that are all revealed, that reveals so much about you. And that's what you need to be paying attention to, you know, in those difficult circumstances. For instance, you know, with everything that's been happening, you know, over the past year, that's been a huge like desert and, you know, a little bit of the storm to a lot of those uncomfortable cards it's revealed a lot about me, for example, if we're just like pers- giving like a personal example, it's revealed so much about me, how I deal with, you know, uncomfortable circumstances. And what's so interesting about the desert and honestly, all of these cards, they're not cards that you deal with once and then you're done. You know, they they pop back up, you know, they they kind of operate. They're not linear cards. They're not linear energies. They operate in kind of like a, not like even a spiral. It's just like, it's so unpredictable, you know? So there have been times where I've definitely, you know, interacted with the desert in the past, even though I wouldn't label it that way. This deck only came out a year ago. So this language wasn't even available to me then. But there have definitely been times in the past where I can think of like, that was definitely a desert situation. And the way that I interacted with the desert in the past is not the same as I am interacting with the desert now because my truth has changed. So if anything, the desert, it can do two things. It can reveal, you know, a lot about what our personal truth is, because I feel like our, what would it be? Our true nature does come out in these situations. You know, when you don't really have the time to sometimes think rationally or you don't have it, like so many things are so unpredictable and so up in the air that it's not going as planned and thus you can't necessarily plan or have like a controlled reaction to whatever it is that is happening. You know, that's the energy of the desert. So it reveals your true nature, your truth, you know? So there's like a couple of things there. It can just, it reveals, you know, a lot about, you know, your truth and the truth of who you are. And it can also allow you to fine tune and like create a new one, you know? So Back to like my personal example, in the beginning of, let's just say like 2020, 2020 has been like an interesting year for all of us, right? You know, I was paying attention. There were like so many uncomfortable situations even before this pandemic, you know, so many desert moments. 
where I realized, you know what? I'm not entirely sure I like how I'm handling this. You know what I mean? So it revealed how I am presently handling it. And also gave me the opportunity to say, you know what? I want to make a change. You know, it revealed a lot about me. And, you know, the reason why the desert is actually a very, it's a highly creative card because it does call you to get creative with how you do handle difficult situations. And creativity is also, it's a huge part of blue. You know, creativity doesn't just belong to orange. You know, while that might be the big, like, creation, uh, relationship to creation, co-creation, creativity card, there's a little bit of everything, you know, weaved into every color family. And creativity is a large part of the desert because it, uh, and creativity and co-creation in general, because it really allows you and invites you to dig so much deeper and kind of go into the ultimate level of creativity of how you just interact with life in general when life does not hand you exactly what you have expected, you know? So that's the energy of the desert. It's paying attention to what's already present. It's paying attention to what co-creative relationship you already have in terms of, you know, how you interact with and how you engage with those difficult situations. And then to also, you know, be an active co-creator, be an active person in those situations, not roll over and say, you know what, I'm either super proud of how I handled that. I'm super proud of how I continue to engage with this and, you know, paying attention to what your current truth is. And hey, if you're not super proud of it and you wish that you handled it differently, you know, because we're all, uh, there's so much revealed about us when we are all under the pressure cooker, you know? So if you're not proud of it, then change, you know? And so that is the first, that's one of the key parts of Blue is, you know, being present with these uncomfortable situations so that you know what your truth is in the first place. So that is the desert. And now we are going to go to the offering. So the offering is also a beautiful card. The offering, whenever that comes through in an aura reading, I always ask myself the question, how at this point with what I know about my personal truth? So Again, the desert is kind of like the fire starter. You know, it brings the heat, you know, quite literally. It ignites this spark within us that asks, that kind of calls us to form. If we have never even asked a question before, you know, what is my personal truth? That That's the desert's energy. It's like, if you've never asked this question before, you know, I'm going to bring your attention and your awareness to it in the first place. So the desert definitely gets the ball rolling in terms of, Uh, just having an understanding of what is my truth in the first place. So that's the desert. And now we can kind of roll into the offering. So imagine you, you know, you've gone through that desert experience. It's definitely got you thinking, you know, how do I interact with difficult situations? You know, what is my personal truth anyway? You know, all of those very, very important questions. And then we can kind of move into a more smooth Place with the offering. So the offering invites us to ask the question, how can I offer my full self? You know, which is inherently tied into, you know, what is my truth in the first place? So knowing, and by the way, our truth is always changing. That's kind of what I was talking about earlier with paying attention to, you know, when you go through different desert seasons, what your truth looks like. And, you know, even looking back and how your truth has changed, 
you know, over the course of, you know, however many years you've been alive and however many desert seasons you've had, you're paying attention to how it's changed. The offering changes too, you know? So the question of how can I offer my full spirit? How can I offer my full truth? That's the offering. So, you know, first, again, getting clear, the desert does bring this certain element of clarity, you know, with it. And then the offering is kind of like, what can I do? There are very few, this might be the actually the only one, action-oriented cards in this entire like archetype family. This is one of them. This is like a very clear-cut question, you know, what can I do? What can I, how can I offer my full self? And I think that's, a, that's such a beautiful, open-ended question that I don't know if you need to be asking yourself that all the time because it can be a very overwhelming question. But I've, anytime that card has come up, I've always just loved to take the time like, oh, you know what, what does that mean to me today? Because it, it literally, it always changes. Like if you asked me that question like a year ago um, versus now, it, it's so, it's so different. And that's kind of in the same vein as the desert and just truth in general. There are so many different dimensions to your personal truth that you are always discovering. So you always need to come back to the desert, you know, to just discover those different dimensions and different aspects of what your truth is, because then it feeds into the offering a little bit as well in terms of, okay, just like, let's just say you went through a desert season. I've discovered this, this, and this about myself. I want to fine tune this. I want to create this experience. Great. Now, how does this impact how I can offer my full soul? How does this impact how can I offer my full self? You know, so the desert and the offering are very much in the same, like within this little family here. Like now imagine that there's like a little family or like a group within the family or like siblings. I don't even know. Um, These two are very, very related on the level of personal truth, you know, So there's like three, I would say there's kind of personal truth and then there's like the shared truth and then there's the collective truth within the blue family. So now we are going to move a little bit away from personal truth in general and then move into shared. So to kick that off, we have the warrior and the warrior was one of those cards where I just, I received such a beautiful download from the warrior actually last week. So I'm really glad I kind of held off on recording this series until now because it's so spectacularly beautiful. So think about, uh, I don't know, have you seen the movie Mulan? Let's just say like Mulan, fearless, beautiful warrior. Um, I, I don't know. I just love Mulan. And I think they just did that remake not too long ago. I don't know. It's just the first movie that comes to mind whenever I think of the warrior And it's popular enough to the point where you probably know at least the premise of the movie. Um, Okay, so the warrior is a beautiful card for blue because it does, it's got a lot of elements of blue within it. So the first that we're going to talk about is trust. So the warrior in so many situations, just like narrative wise, kind of stands it's in this liminal space between life and death at any point when it's in a battle you know so if you've ever seen those like intense battle scenes in Mulan or literally any other movie 
Madaba movies coming through today, literally just to like provide a visual in any of those like great battle scenes or like Game of Thrones or something like that, you know, Game of Thrones has so many characters in it and you just, you, you literally never knew who was going to be alive by the next episode. That's kind of the energy of the warrior that we're going to talk about first. The warrior always hangs between the space of life and death, you know, you never know in battle, you know, within the context of those movies, you know, what might be behind you. You don't know if, you know, you're alive in one moment and you might not be the next, you know? So it is, weirdly enough, actually a very, very liminal card in that respect. But what that does is it connects. The warrior is one of those cards in this deck that is very much connected at least in my understanding, to having a deep trust in something greater than themselves, you know? So I'm not, I don't even know. I don't know if that's like for you or not. Maybe, maybe not. Like that's definitely a part of like my truth, for example. So that's probably why that message is coming through here. So the warrior in general, it tells this story of cultivate. And by the way, it might even be if like, the whole language of, you know, like that language is very much for me, the language of like God source, you know, the universe spirit, unconditional love. That's something that I wholeheartedly believe in. If that's not for you, that can, the warrior is also just like trust in yourself, you know, um, but you know, yourself, you know, beyond the mind, beyond the body, just having like a deep trusting relationship with yourself. So all of those work. Um, I just most naturally speak from my perspective, you know, which makes a lot of sense, but the warrior, you know, constantly hanging between, you know, life and death develops this deep sense of trust and this deep sense of resolve that I found so fascinating when I was just receiving a couple of downloads from the warrior last week. Like I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even know this about the warrior until I was just like sitting with it the other day, but that's what the warrior is. So it's having a deep trust in your own truth. And I mean, that's really subjective uh, depending on, you know, what your truth is. So if your truth, you know, kind of connects to, if your truth is tight, so your truth in general, and this is where it's so interesting. It's always interesting to try and put words to what is so unknown and so intangible. Your truth could, you know, rely on a relationship with yourself or it could rely on a relationship with a higher power or literally none of the above. So for instance, in the desert, going back to the desert a little bit, you know, what we were talking about earlier with navigating those uncomfortable situations. Again, those that reveals a lot about you. You know, how did you arrive? How did you get out of those uncomfortable situations or how did you survive? Was it through a deeper connection with yourself was it through a deeper connection with God? Was it through a deeper connection with the universe? So just keep in mind, you know, as we kind of talk about the rest of the blue family, that answer matters a lot for the other cards. You know, so for me personally, I found in those desert experiences, you know, actually I've had both. What am I talking about? At one point when I would experience the desert, you know, I would say I got through those situations by, you know, leaning into myself and, you know, cultivating that deeper relationship with myself. And now it's different. You know, that's actually a great example. 
now I would say that the way in which I interact with the desert and every single time I kind of move through a desert season, I think, you know what, I move through that, you know, by the grace of God, by unconditional love, by my relationship with spirit, you know, whatever it is that you want to call it. So that's just important to keep in mind and to pay attention to. So if you need to, you know, take like a pause and like think back on those, you know, personal desert seasons and the most recent one, especially, and, you know, just contemplate your own truth for a minute, you know, and then we can like, you know, and then, you know, move through the rest of the blue family. Either way, the warrior has a deep trust in something, you know, and that's something, you know, our own truth. It's so personal and it's really not for everybody. You know, our own truth is so it's so personal. It's so multidimensional. It literally can't be copied by anyone else. And so when you think about, you know, the warrior, the desert and the offering, they all speak to that element of unique truth, you know, those really difficult circumstances that helps us to forge our own path, forge our own way and find our own truth, you know, find our own unique offering, you know, and find that either that deep and just find out what our relationship with our truth looks like. That's the energy of the warrior. And that can look, that could be infinite things, you know, and it's like, it's nearly impossible to kind of touch upon them all. But for me, So just like for a personal example, for me, the warrior looks a lot like having trust in unconditional love every step of the way. So the warrior also is synonymous. Sometimes I use the warrior. Sometimes I say the warrior of love and truth. And here's why. Because there is the warrior as like a newly discovered liminal card. It has the it has. What is it? (laughs) I was going to say it has the art. It is the art of balancing your personal truth and also the collective truth as well and protecting that. So this it's such an overwhelming card because it has so many different dimensions, but let's just, you know, keep going with it. So the warrior is a very, very special card, kind of like the poet. So now we're going to talk about the warrior and the poet because they are both liminal cards just in that they kind of hang between two possibilities or two or more possibilities the warrior knows how to balance its own truth and its relationship with truth so you know we talked a lot about like personal truth with the desert and the offering and then the warrior kind of balances all three it balances your personal truth which also is tied into your relationship with truth in general so shared truth And then the collective truth and what the warrior fights for is not necessarily its own personal truth, but for everybody to be connected to love and truth in general, you know, and that's something that's always been very, very, very important to me. And I can I can say that until I'm literally blue in the face, you know, talking about blue. So that's like not really funny at all. Um, Not meant to be like a pun or anything like that. This is something that has always been very, very important to me, you know. I have especially lately been, you know, pondering what does it mean to have my own personal truth and to be okay with that. And then also always fight to protect, not fight, but you know what I mean. You know, we're talking about the warrior. So that's just kind of the language that came through there. 
you know, to fight for the opportunity to everybody else, for everybody else to have their truth and to balance them, you know? So for instance, like I said earlier, you know, God is a huge part of my life right now. You know, so many seasons of the desert has really revealed that about me. And honestly, I can't imagine my life any other way. I don't even know what I was doing before. You know, that's how powerful of a force God, unconditional love, source spirit is in my life. And those are all the same to me. Um, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't even imagine what my life was like before. It's so important to me. And that's just like what my truth is, you know? And lately I was thinking about, you know, what, and so this was like around the time that the warrior kind of popped up a little bit with the answer. I was thinking about how important it is, you know, for me to align with, you know, what feels so natural to me, what feels so loving and what feels so important to me and my spirit and my soul but then to also hold space for others. You know, the warrior, again, it fights for truth in general, not yours. You know, I'm not around here. Like, that's not what this is. I'm not like out here, you know, in these streets or whatever, saying that you can't live your life without God in it, or you can't live your life without unconditional love in it, or you can't live your life without spirit in it. No, you know, that wasn't, that'd be so hypocritical. You know, the, like at one point, I was not, I mean, I would argue that God is within all of us, but I was so disconnected from it. And I was still like living, like, I guess I was fine. That's just not how I prefer to live anymore. Um, But I would not say that that's for everybody. You know, some people are really, really, you know, not only comfortable, but they find the most, most love in atheism or um, being, or maybe they're just unsure. And, you know, that's like what works for them. Or like I said earlier, the relationship that they have with themselves is all they need, you know? So going back to the warrior a little bit, it's being able, because blue is a lot about balance. And like I said, the warrior has a lot about balance, has a lot weaved into its story about balancing truth. So it's balancing your truth and understanding that you can have your own truth and everybody else within our collective universe, universal family, they can have their own truth as well. And the warrior kind of protects that choice, you know, and that understanding that not all of our truths are meant to look the same. Because let me tell you something, going back to the offering, if all of our truths were the same, and I believe that they are infinitely unique and infinitely complex, and like I said, deeply personal to us, then all of our offerings would be the same. And that's, I mean, in my, you know, from my perspective, that's not the point, you know, I don't really think I gave um, or talked too, too much about the offering, but like what you need to know is that we all have a unique, we all have something unique within our souls to offer. And that is reflective of just, you know, that same, you know, unique complexity of what it is that we have to offer. That's reflective of what our truth is. You know, I don't even, I don't think we're even meant we're not even meant to have the same truth. Like even, um, even I used to go to church when I was younger, even, you know, your relationship with God, if you go to, you know, to church with 100 other people, they don't have the same relationship with God you do. Even if you go to the same church every single Sunday and you listen to the same exact service, you're going to have your own, you know, unique relationship. You know, you're going to have your own unique offering. It's not to say that we can't believe in the same things. I'm sure there are tons of people that believe in 
spirit source, unconditional love out there, but our relationships with them, our, you know, relationship with truth, that shared truth, that bond that you have either with yourself, a higher power or none of the above, it's not meant to be the same. And that's what the warrior is protecting. You know, I think it's beautiful. Um, when people share stories of what their personal truth is, that was always so fascinating to me. You know, when I was younger, I had a couple of different friends of different faiths and I loved learning about them. I would always like be, I mean, maybe the annoying kid that would ask like, oh, and why does this work this way? And, you know, why is it that you believe in this, you know, from anything from like Mormonism, Judaism, um, I didn't really come from a very diverse town. So my options were fairly limited. Um, But it was always so fascinating to me to hear, you know, the answers. And every single time I would hear, you know, what would be like a different language of the truth or a different version of the truth. And I do mean the truth with like a capital T. Um, I would always be like, oh, that makes sense. You know, it might not be for me, but that does make sense. You know, that's the energy of the warrior, you know, being open because there is like uh like if we were to talk about like the light and the shadow of blue being open to all of the different other truths out there that's the light expression of blue the shadow is kind of being dogmatic and closed off and saying my truth is the only one that exists and this is how everybody is meant to live this is how everybody is meant to interpret the world and that's that you know that's like the shadow expression of blue is being so closed closed off to all of those other infinite possibilities, all of the infinite worlds that's out there, you know? So the warrior does go really, really well with the desert because, you know, from the desert, from those experiences that really shape you, you do find either, you know, going to the warrior a little bit, a deep trust in yourself, a deep trust in God, if that's for you, or a deep trust that there is literally nothing else going on or a deep trust in the mystery, you know? So the warrior is, you know, finding, knowing your own truth, so personal, and then shared, you know, having a relationship with your own truth too, and then also balancing that with all of the infinite other truths that are within the collective. And the warrior also has this element of story and narrative to it where the warrior will share its stories, you know, from battle or I guess in this case, you know, keeping it in the family, it's past desert seasons where it learned a lot about itself and it learned a lot about its truth, its relationship to truth and, you know, how those experiences have shifted over time. You know, the warrior is not afraid to share those stories. The warrior, the warrior doesn't, you know, become the warrior by, you know, surviving the battlefield and then, you know, subjecting itself to victim consciousness. You know, it's always paying attention to how those different dimensions of story highlight and bring out different opportunities for love and truth to share with other people, you know? So the big, there is a big element of the warrior that is storytelling, which I find is incredibly beautiful because I do believe that we're all meant to share our truths and then protect one another you know, and to encourage one another. When I say protect, I mean to kind of encourage one another and to hold space for other people to kind of find their own way on their own and encourage them to understand that it's not all meant to look exactly the same. So that's the warrior slash the warrior of love and truth, you know, understanding your own truth, 
but understanding that there is so much love and truth and wisdom within the truth of everybody else that you encounter, even if it looks nothing like yours. So the warrior is like a huge balance card, a huge liminal card, because it's also able to stay besides being between the space of like death and life at any moment, you know, in the battlefield, it's also able to be in that space between a bunch of different truths. And then the poet is also a liminal card, just in a little bit of a different way. The poet and the warrior go really, really well together. And they might seem similar, but they actually do have different flavors. So the poet, okay, just let me, let me actually start with this. I love poetry. I mean, poetry didn't always click with me. Like, let me tell you, I didn't really understand it. Um, at all. And then I kind of found poetry that really clicked with me. And the way that I see poetry is it's just poetry is so incredibly beautiful to me because it makes it transforms the intangible into the tangible. So, you know, when I was like fumbling over my words earlier, you know, trying to articulate the depths of like truth and unconditional love and all of its different dimensions and, you know, how we can all come together to support one another in our endeavors to find our own connection to unconditional love. Yeah, didn't really make, I was like, oh, this might not make any sense. Maybe I need to re-record this, but I'm always just like open to roll with it and see what comes through. Poetry transforms, you know, the intangible within our hearts, the unconditional love within our hearts into something that is tangible and understandable through words. And so I've always admired people that can write the most beautiful poetry. And not all poetry is for everybody. But poetry, you know, in my eyes, puts the truth on paper. And those who write, and when I say truth, I mean truth like unconditional love with a capital T, um, brings the truth out of somebody's heart and puts it on paper. And The poet archetype is not afraid to, you know, go to all of the darkest corners and to go through the desert, you know, desert seasons as much as it possibly needs to in order to put the truth on paper. And what's so interesting about poetry to me is, like I said, not all poetry is for everyone. I mean, there's so there's so much poetry out there. Like I said, I don't really get it. You know, and then, but there is some that, you know, I do. And the wonderful part about poetry is, you know, like, for example, I have one book of poems over there. Um, and I say over there, it's on my bookshelf. I find it amazing that, you know, thousands of other people have that book, you know, and we all can find a bit of ourselves in it. And that's the magic of the poet. It's being able to capture the truth on paper And then kind of just putting it out there and setting up the space and understanding that different people can read, you know, the poet's work and kind of find the truth and the love within them in their own way, you know? So it's so interesting to me. Like people that write poetry, I'm like, you're genius, you know, pure genius. And it's so amazing. But that is, that's the energy of the poet. It's being able to put the truth into words so that people can find the truth in their own way, you know, and we all, we all have the poet within us, whether or not we can write poetry or not. You know, I tried and, um, I remember I wrote a really embarrassing poem about a river my senior year, um, of high school. 
Yeah, the poetry unit in just grade school was always a struggle for me. And I was, oh, I was just like, I really don't get it. Um, but yeah, we all, what's so interesting about the poet in general is whether it's through poetry or not, that was just an example. We all, we are all connected to creativity. We all have the opportunity to express truth no matter where we are. So this might make a little bit more sense. So the way that I understand truth in general or unconditional love in general is it's all the same thing, just translated a million different ways. So unconditional love within um, a poetry example, unconditional love as just like a force in general, it's been translated into the poetry book on my shelf and a poetry book I read in high school, but I didn't quite understand. And then another poetry book I've never read yet. You know, those are all Every single book of poetry I've read is unconditional love translated into a different language, you know, and whether or not I understand that language is okay. You know, sometimes you only need one book of poems to inspire the unconditional love within yourself. That's the poet. The poet is, you know, setting that example, part of the poet, because there's so many different dimensions to the poet as well, setting the example of owning, you know, whatever you know, language of unconditional love and truth that you have and then just spreading it, you know, for anybody else that it might be for. Because like I said, not all poetry is for everybody, you know, but being willing to stand up for, you know, whatever, you know, version of truth, whatever version of unconditional love you believe in and, you know, put that out there in whatever way that you want to, you know, and it literally does not have to be through poetry it's just we, we're all creative beings. So whether that's through how you interact in your relationships, that's a form of creativity. Or maybe it is more quite like grounded creativity or literal creativity in like is an art piece you create, you know? So that's a big part of the poet. The poet also invites you to be just deeply reflective and radically honest, you know? So you'll know that you're tapping into the poet's energy when you kind of set up that space for yourself. And the beautiful part of the poet is, okay, so like I was saying in um, earlier about like my poetry book over there, so I'm just keeping that in mind. Think of like a poem you love. Like I said earlier, that poem is so special because it contains the larger, it contains the microcosm and the macrocosm. So the microcosm is someone's specific language, you know, someone's specific translation of unconditional love and unconditional love is the bigger picture. It is the macrocosm. And poetry, the poet brings those two worlds together, you know? So, it, or in other words, it's like poetry brings the larger picture into that smaller space, you know, it brings the larger picture, the larger message, the larger truth of unconditional love, and then it puts it into words, very specific words that is the offering, quite literally, the offering of a specific person, you know? So imagine if we all, I mean, if we were all just like brilliant, you know, poets and we all had a book, our books would all be connected in, or let's just say we wrote one poem, and you know what, this, it doesn't even have to be perfect. 
as long as it's, again, you know, honest and, you know, reflective of who it is that we are, you know, a five-year-old can do that as much as like I can do that, you know, as long as it's, you know, honest, you know, and expresses that honesty of your spirit. All of those poems, if we each wrote one, they all have the bigger picture of unconditional love within them. And then the smaller picture of, you know, our human experience. So the poet's very, very special in that respect. You know, it's the impersonal, which is unconditional love, because unconditional love is simultaneously impersonal and personal. You know, unconditional love is for everybody, making it inherently impersonal. But then we translate it into our own personal way, which is, you know, our version of the truth or our personal poem. And then the poet is also so the poet is simultaneously personal and personal and finding the balance between the two. And then the poet is also, which is kind of the same way of saying the same thing, personal and universal, you know, the universal would be unconditional love. Unconditional love is a universal language. And then we kind of find our own personal dialect of it, you know, which is, again, to say our own personal truth. So the poet is just in general in kind of like the same way as the offering, kind of finding your own voice. And it doesn't have to be, again, like literally your voice. I mean, I'm literally using my voice as I'm talking to you, but that does, that's not what it has to be. It's not like you actually have to like go write poetry or anything. It's just, and this is the way like blue kind of connects to orange. It's finding your own truth and kind of finding your own way of navigating and interacting with all of the different dimensions of the world, you know? So the poet is an insanely beautiful card because again, like the warrior, the warrior is more of the balance between understanding you have your own truth and everybody has also has their own and we can hold space for one another by just being open and by sharing our truth, you know, in a non-threatening way and just sharing of ourselves and sharing our stories of truth. That's the warrior. The poet is more of the understanding that anytime we offer our voices, anytime we offer, you know, something that is a reflection of ourselves, it inherently carries our own personal truth and then the universal truth of the world, which is unconditional love, if that makes sense. So it's more of the balance, a personal balance between the understanding that everything that we do carries our, a third dimensional it does carry our own third dimensionality. It carries our human story. That's a better way of saying it. Everything that we create simultaneously carries a little bit of our human story and unconditional love. So it carries a personal part of us and then a universal aspect of us as well. It carries, you know, something that is simultaneously personal and impersonal. So, and then, so we have three more archetypes left. So we've gone from, you know, cult understanding and cultivating our personal truth with the desert and the offering. And then, you know, doing a little bit in terms of balancing our personal truth, our personal truth with the universal and collective truths that also exist. So there's a little bit of personal and then there's like trust or yeah, I mean, one of the warrior was a lot about trust and, you know, having trust in your own uh, relationship with truth in general. I meant to say that we're going to move a little bit into, you know, collective truth and what that looks like. And we can start with the stone. 
So the stone does echo the message of the poet, and it's it's very, very simple. It's just understanding that we all, and if this, it is the understanding whether or not you understand the world this way is, you know, 100% your choice. It's the understanding that we all have an eternal aspect to us. And it's a very, very simple message, but it's very important in within the context of blue. There has been a little bit of the stone in, I think every single card I've talked about thus far, the stone calls us to be present. So that's the desert and the offering, you know, being present with, you know, what it is that you can learn from uncomfortable situations and being present with how, what your offering is and how it changes. Also being present with your relationship with truth and how that changes as well. The stone is connecting also to the eternal side of you and asking yourself, you know, what is the eternal side of me also can bring about new understandings of what your truth is in the first place. So it's a couple. So it is personal and it is also collective because it's the understanding that you know, we all do have that eternal aspect to self and, you know, kind of figuring out what that is that does lead us to, you know, or just even a question. So for instance, if you thought, you know what, we don't have an eternal aspect of self, you know, for example, we pass away when we pass away and that's it, that's final. That reveals a lot about your truth. And if you ask yourself the question, or again, it's the same question, but you might have different answers. answers. So just let's say it's the question, what does my eternal aspect of self look like? If the answer is you don't even have one, that reveals as much of your truth as saying the eternal aspect of me is God. Also reveals something about your truth, right? And so that's also, it's a simultaneously personal and impersonal question because we can all ask ourselves that at one point, you know? So that is the stone. It's very, very, very simple. It just asks you to get present and then ask yourself, what does the eternal aspect of my being look like? And if it doesn't even exist, that's as equally loving as the understanding that it does or the understanding that you're not even sure and you don't even know what that looks like. And then you can just like keep digging, you know, into, you know, what that might be for you at any given time. Because like I said, these cards can pop up at any time and in any space and you're not necessarily done with them. You know, they can keep popping back up, you know, depending on the medicine that you might need to give to yourself. And so let's also go, let's go to the underworld and then we will end with the ring. So the underworld, I really like this within the blue family because it's all about perspective. And we've talked a little bit about perspective today and just how important that is. And the underworld is always a fascinating example. So the underworld within the blue family and within the concept of truth is so, it has like a couple of messages there. So the underworld is one of those energies that asks you to embrace duality in a different way and to kind of bring about a new understanding of what's right and wrong. So 
For instance, let's just say, I always have this example with the underworld, but we can make it a little bit shorter. Um, let's just say you have a friend and you're having like a difficult conversation and you say something during the conversation that's meant to, from your perspective and intention, it's meant to help them. And when they receive the information, it's actually, they're like, that was quite hurtful. Like, how dare you say that to me? You know, something like that. That's the underworld's energy. It's, you know, placing things in like in one, you know, dualistic category, depending on your perspective. So from your perspective in that fictional example, when you're talking to your friend, you're coming from a place of love. You're coming from a place of, I want to help you. And then your friend's like, yeah, that was not helpful to me whatsoever. That was actually very harmful. Like, please don't ever talk to me again, you know? The underworld holds space for both. And what's so fascinating about the underworld, especially within the concept of truth, is that, again, not everybody is going to have the same truth as you. And what can be kind of scary about the underworld is that some people believe that they are coming from a place of love and they are harming other people. And who's to say that they didn't believe that they were coming from a space of love and truth. And that's what makes the underworld so difficult because depending on who you ask, some people might be in the underworld and then some people might be in the light, you know? So again, with that, within that context, within the context of that fictional story, you were coming from a place of love when you said X, Y, Z to your friend, And they're like, that's like the worst thing you could have possibly said. That wasn't your intention, but that was the result. And so on a larger scale, you know, with the underworld and truth, you know, I, for example, everything that comes through to me feels like love, you know, and I could on I mean, I could imagine, you know, with the underworld's medicine, um, but let's say, you know, I could never possibly imagine how this could hurt somebody, you know, and I think we're learning a lot about that right now. We were really learning about a lot about it, you know, several months ago, you know, where we didn't realize how some of the things we were saying, you know, everybody everywhere, especially with like Black Lives Matter, were incredibly harmful. And now we are becoming more aware of it. The underworld within the Blue Family brings this context of you need to be aware of your truth at all times. Because while something you know, might be true to you while something might be loving to you from your perspective, that might not be the case for everybody. So, ooh, I've got a really, really good example. And I actually talked about this a little bit on the orange episode, so I won't go like too deep into it. During um, the summer, spring, summer, you know, when BLM was, you know, at its height, there was so much stuff coming out, you know, within like the spiritual mystical community. Um about harmful language. And, you know, one of like one of the there were so many things about how so many phrases like love and light or let's just stick with that one. So we don't have to like go down the rabbit hole a little bit. Um, How like phrases like love and light, while they have the intention of, you know, being loving and accepting can actually be like very, very harmful, you know, because it's like saying, you know, um, whiteness is love. And then, you know, blackness is like dark and shadowy, you know, love and light, for example. Um, or saying like, 
we are all love um, or we are all one, you know, so why does, you know, this person's human experience matter anyway? Um, you know, that comes from a place of privilege, you know, and there's like a whole page on my website about that if you want to read more into it. But that's a really, really good example of the underworld. You know, for some people hearing the phrase, we are all one or um, like for me, I do believe that we are all, you know, one universal family. And, you know, I've done everything, you know, up until this point in my power, you know, to use that in a very loving and empowering and inclusive way. But there's always room, you know, for more love. And, you know, we all make, you know, those kinds of mistakes. And there's always, 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 always room for learning, you know. So that's the energy of the underworld within the context of truth is the understanding that you do have your own truth. And be aware of what it is and be aware that it might need to evolve at any given time. Like if your language, if your truth is really in the spirit of unconditional love, you will be willing to allow it to continue to evolve through unconditional love to embrace more diversity and to be more inclusive, you know? So the underworld is a huge perspective card and calls us to just remind ourselves that our truth is our perspective and it might need to evolve because our truth might not always be the best for somebody else. And so it kind of goes back to the warrior. The warrior fights for everybody to be able to have their own different truths and for them to coexist. The underworld is being aware of what our personal truths are and that they might need to evolve at any given point because our personal truth might be darkness for somebody else or might be perceived as darkness. So the underworld calls you to, you know, have that specific awareness, you know, surrounding, you know, whatever your own truth is. And then again, let's just say, you know, my truth, maybe it is harmful to somebody. Maybe something I've said somewhere along the lines has been harmful to somebody. And so they would view that as like something that belongs in the underworld. The underworld is not a bad place. Again, the underworld is just an invitation and it's an opportunity for you to evolve through love more and to reveal more love within XYZ. So let's just say I did say something that was like harmful, you know, to someone somewhere, you know, if they pointed that out to me and this is like an underworld situation, I have the opportunity to reveal and to bring in more love into my language, more love into my practice and to have it evolve through love. So then I can heal that underworld dimension of whatever, you know, whatever it is it would be in that specific example. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? And it's very, very important. You know, all of our truths, they have, you know, maybe a couple of underworld dimensions that we are not even aware of. And that's the beauty of, you know, being within this universal family is that different human experiences, going back to the warrior, I talked about with the warrior just how important it is to share stories of our own truths because our truths can evolve through one another, you know? So with the warrior's energy, the energy of sharing story and sharing our relationship with truth in the first place, maybe during that conversation, I realized, oh, you know, in this, you know, perspective, my truth is in the underworld. Let me use that as an opportunity to evolve through love and reveal even more love and inclusivity in my practice. So that's the underworld. And then finally, we have the ring. The ring wraps 
everything together in a truly beautiful and cosmic way. Because the ring is all about connectedness. You know, life, like I've said plenty of times, you know, this life is not linear. At least the way, you know, I understand it is very cyclical. Um, Quantum um, maybe operates in a spiral. You know, there's, it's, it's not as linear as we think it is. And so if you can understand, and that's really, really important, actually, you know, understanding that this world isn't necessarily linear. So because this world isn't as linear as we think it is, my truth of, you know, God, source, spirit, the universe can exist with somebody else's truth of pure atheism. And that's okay. You know, once you open up to the cyclical, you know, infinite nature, interconnectedness, of this world, you realize how certain things can coexist at certain times. You know, my truth, you know, whatever it is, whatever it may be at one moment can coexist with somebody else's that might be the complete opposite, you know, or can coexist with somebody's who's like things a little bit differently. Or like, for example, you know, bringing it like lightening it up a little bit, you know, my understanding of the aura colors is, you know, tied into my personal truth that can coexist with somebody else's interpretation. You know, it doesn't, they're not competing with one another for space. There's space for everything. And that's the energy of the ring within the blue family. You know, the ring transcends space and time, right? So there's enough space for everything. You know, different truths that seem to clash can coexist at the same time, you know, within two different souls, you know, within two different bodies. And, that's what makes the ring, the ring's energy so beautiful. And as a way, an especially beautiful way to kind of wrap everything up, the ring calls us to, again, there's been a huge, I mean, this is weaved everywhere in my practice, but the ring's story especially calls us to deepen our connections with ourselves, others, and then the collective. That's the energy of the ring. And the ring within, I feel like the ring within the context of blue, it's always been important to me that my truth facilitates a different, a deeper connection with myself, a deeping, deeper connection, you know, within my interpersonal relationships, especially, you know, my relationship with God in general, and then my relationship with the collective, you know, those are like the three like checkpoints, you know, that I'm always evaluating. So, for example, when I began to kind of, I mean, the, these kind of fed into one another. But when I was reevaluating and questioning, you know, why auras, why the aura colors, I noticed, you know what, the aura colors are very special to me because they did facilitate a deeper connection with myself, you know, a deeper connection with others as forms of God and then the collective in general. And that's been very, very a very unique and very integral and very special experience for me that has just altered my life in all of these unexpected ways that I am eternally grateful for, you know? And that's what I would want to be, I mean, that's what I would want, you know, for my truth, for everybody's truth, um, is to understand how ourselves, our relationships with others, and then the collective are all connected in general, um, but that's the beauty of the ring is realizing that there is, you know, space for literally everybody. Everybody's version of truth has a space 
um, the poet, everybody's truth. You know, the poet is giving voice to your truth and realizing that, like, you know, your truth, it has specific as it is, you know, translated into your own language does reflect, you know, the larger universal truth of the collective. And that's beautiful as well. So that is the energy of the ring to kind of just tie everything together. Again, it the ring, kind of like the um the poet, unites the microcosm and macrocosm of this, you know, human um otherworldly experiences. It's a very, very interesting dynamic card. But that is, I feel like that's like good for now. That this is like a very, very good introduction. The issue with blue is that you could go on and on and on about like, I could go on about my truth and you, you know what that is personally and all of the other truths out there. But again, with blue, you know, just bringing it back to the basics a little bit, what's more important than anything is having some sense of truth so that you can, you know, offer yourself and, you know, share it, you know, and then also realizing how important it is, you know, and then developing your own relationship with your truth and, and, also balancing it with the truths of everybody else that exists out there and having trust in that you can have your truth and other people can have theirs and that there is space for everybody and then finding the balance between all of those different truths all of those different spaces and interpretations so all right that is good that wraps up blue uh, we are going to go out the same way that we came in. Um, I always say thank you to all of, you know, my guides and, you know, reflect upon the intention and, you know, everything that came through. If I only take a couple of deep breaths. So if that's not enough time for you, just feel free to pause and I will see you on the other side. Okay, thank you so much for sharing space today. I really, really enjoyed talking about Blue. There are a couple of points there where I was like, this is going to be such a fascinating conversation. And honestly, there's always so much more to cover, but this is an introduction episode. So I'm sure I will talk about, you know, Blue more in the future. I'm also excited to record the next episode, the next color. In the meantime, if you could rate, review, subscribe, that's really, really, you know, helpful in terms of podcasting. And otherwise, I will talk to you soon. 